2: Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what show is this? It's Pixels. Uh, we're doing Pixels in a slightly different setting. Um, we are. Go- I hope it's going to be okay. We're doing it live from the Nerdtacular venue. Uh, that's in Utah. For those who don't know, it's a show put together. A uh, not a show. A convention put together by uh, Scott Johnson. And there's a bunch of us here, and we're going to try and see what happens when we do the show live. My name is Patrick Beja, and we have a bunch of people around me. Hopefully, it's going to be uh, good for commentary and not just everyone yelling at the same time. Uh, we have Jeff, who just came down a, mi- a mountain just to up do a the boy show. And I came down a mountain. Yes, went up <laughs> a boy,
0: came down a mountain. It's an amazing, it's a spectacular venue. This is an amazing. Hey, Scott, there's Scott. Hey, hey, Scott. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, this is an amazing, beautiful, spectacular venue. It's a gorgeous day, and uh, we decided to start talking about video
2: games during it. (laughs) For some reason. And we might also uh, burn completely before the show is over, because this is, like, seriously, what temperature is it in, like, American temperature? It's like 80. 80. 80. 80. That's a lot, right? It does sound like a lot. Uh, So (laughs) Scott Johnson just showed up. Scott Johnson, everyone. We also have, we also have uh, Terpster is here. He's playing Hearthstone, so he's not paying attention. Sorry, hello.
3: I'm not paying attention. I went up a boy, is all I got from what Jeff said. <laughs> so, me as well.
2: We also have James, who you will remember from previous episodes.
4: Hi, I am seriously burnt already from sitting in the sun.
2: But you are also still a boy. Yes. Even though you did get the right to drink like three months ago, so that's good. Uh, we also have Garrett.
1: Yeah, hi. I have,
2: uh, I'm from Florida, so these guys are all wusses in the sun. I'm fine. <laughs> and uh, he, he is drinking a drink that is actually called the angry chicken, which is apparently not a great drink. So uh, it's, it's basically a margarita with a jalapeno. Is that it?
1: Like if you took a margarita and put pure gasoline in it and then put hot sauce on the gasoline.
2: On the other hand, it does make you angry. So, you know, that works. And uh, so thanks, everyone, for, uh, for being here. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the PS4, which is apparently unstoppable. Uh, we have a little bit of EVO and Street Fighter 5 uh, We're going to have some uh, uh, eSports growing up, uh, meaning that uh, people are going to be starting to um, be anti- anti-doping tested. Uh, Doping—that's it. That's how you say it in your language. <laughs> Doping—I doping. like doping too. I'm also, an- I'm also anti-doping. Yeah. <laughs> right. We- pro-doping but anti-doping, <laughs> uh, and a bunch of other things. Uh, so the first thing—the first thing is uh, the PS4. So we just heard that the console is basically completely unstoppable. They have now sold 25 million units, which is uh, the only console that sold more, is the Wii, which was the best sold console ever. Uh, for Q2... That Does
1: that mean it's unstoppable? I think the Wii was stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it really well... well... Just stopped it. <laughs> I was just saying, the Wii sold really well, but then people just stopped playing it.
2: Well, so that's, that's a good question, actually. Uh, the PS4 sold... More than Xbox One, Xbox 360, Wii U, and 3DS combine for this quarter. Uh, so the question then becomes: all right, I'm going to rephrase, not unstoppable, grammar Nazi. Um, because, or not grammar, it's not grammar, right? Nazi, not Nazi. That is, so I, I actually sent an email to someone. Uh, it's, it's, it's written Nazi, right? It's, but it's pronounced Nazi. It's actually
5: Nazi. <laughs> yeah, Nazi. <laughs>
2: but I think, I think they are Nazis. They're Nazi. Okay, never mind. Well, you guys took off. Right. We hung around, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, the question I have for you guys is Has the PS4 already won the eighth generation of consoles? Can anyone do anything to beat it now? Uh, James has an answer. I
4: mean, no. Once you've, sold that, that, once you've got that scale of of sales. I mean, what can the Xbox One do to the Wii's? The Wii's definitely not going to catch up to it. But the Xbox One could maybe with the back compatibility stuff, but they need need games, which they just don't have.
2: So basically, at this point, it looks like they're winning. Uh, Who has an Xbox One around the table? One, two, three, four, five, six people. Uh, Who has a PS4? That's a lot more people. No, not really. But you guys are, like, you you buy, yeah, everyone has both. Has the PS4 won the console wars for this generation, Jeff? Uh,
0: it depends on what you consider winning, right? Because I don't think the Xbox One is going anywhere. I don't think that, the, I mean, the PS4 has sold more units, so if that's your definition of winning, then so be it. But I don't think that means that there's nef- necessarily a loser, we use a loser, sadly.
2: Uh, yeah, it sold 10 million units uh, now, and that's not a lot of consoles for a four-year lifespan until now. But uh.
0: yeah, I, I just I just don't think that it, winning the console generation is the same thing that it used to be. I think the Microsoft is sticking around. The Xbox One is sticking around. It's not going to be replaced anytime soon. It's it's going to be strong and vibrant, and there's going to be great games out for it uh, and for the PS4. I think it's great. Either one is going to have a, a very strong reason to own it.
2: I guess, the, you know, it's not like Microsoft is not selling Xbox Ones. We don't have numbers, but the last numbers we got put it definitely above the Wii U, for example. Uh, so they are selling a lot of uh, machines. So, yeah, I guess if you have a, an Xbox One, you're good uh, anyway. I did get an Xbox One as well. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed by the UI, but I guess we talked about this last episode. Uh, the UI is going to be changed, though, so there's hope. I was curious, what do you consider...
1: Winning the console war, Patrick, because if you look at both consoles, at least the two, excluding the Wii U, I love it, but you know, it's not quite the same as the Xbox and the PlayStation. But a little more interchangeable. What do you consider winning? Because between both of those, I don't think either of them have any killer exclusives. The games that are really good are really good on both of them.
2: So I'm very frustrated with everyone right now because you're all being res- reasonable, <laughs> and uh, I like controversy. But okay, I, ca- I can, I can, uh, you know, I can get behind all of this. It's true. Um, the next thing, uh, oh, right, there's a bunch of other things. The, the Xbox One, for example, is getting a uh, 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 Gamescom uh, uh, conference, and they're going to be showcasing other games too, so there's still stuff coming. Um, and, uh, oh, talking about Microsoft, did you guys hear about the uh, Windows 10 edition of uh, Solitaire? Yes. Yeah. Did you hear about this? So, basically, yeah. <laughs> come we call again, solitaire?
5: Scott? Because. Oh, soli- solitaire? Solitaire. So, I'm
2: sorry, what is this? Solitaire. <laughs> so the game Solitaire that... Solitaire for Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> for Nazis. Um, so yes. it's it's basically a, um, how do you call it, a freemium game? Yes. It's a freemium game. So
4: so for Solitaire now, you have to pay, you get the game for free with the console, but on the console, with, Windows with 10, the but then you have to pay $1.99 to get rid of ads in it. In, in Solitaire, which has been packaged since, what, Windows 95, 98?
3: But there's new game modes. There's new game modes. There's, like, a month subscription or an annual subscription. And it's all optional. If you don't want that, you just put up with, you know, invasive ads that are slowing down your PC. And, you know, it's just you, just, you know, par for the course. Honestly, who plays Solitaire? Like, your mum and maybe your nan. Um, it's, a, it's a moot issue. But if people want to complain about stuff, then, you know, get on board.
0: All right, so... The thing that they haven't told you is that the ads in Solitaire are for Minesweeper.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's no more Minesweeper in in Windows, but they do they have Minecraft for ten bucks, and they also have isn't uh, um, Candy Crush available in Windows? So you know that should tell you a little bit of where Microsoft is going with the uh, Windows gaming thing. Or a uh, screensaver. How m- how
1: much are they charging for the traveling through space uh screensaver?
2: I think anyone who uses it deserves to be charged. Yeah, I so hey, I used to sit You're But you guys seriously you you use the wallpaper that like oh, the the no, screensaver? Screen
1: I, don't know, I was like seven years old, and I had my very first Windows machine. I used to sit in front of the screensaver with the stars going by and pretend that I was flying the Millennium Falcon. That's how I had fun when I was a kid. Don't judge me.
2: So basically what you're saying is that you don't really need games in Windows. You just use the the, the screensaver. Well, then it's know, fine. You know, I ran like 2 to 4, and I played Dark Forces silent because we didn't have a sound card. It's fun to,
0: it's fun to imagine you're flying the Millennium Falcon really slowly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did, did anyone... Uh, did anyone watch uh, the Evo tournament <laughs> matches? Did anyone watch that? There's no. So I knew the Evo tournament. Oh, yeah, so fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. So I was afraid I was going to be the only one, and uh, thankfully, Jeff is here, and he is a real, true esports fan, and he did watch the Evo tournament. Did you see the um, Guilty Gear semi-final with Woshige and Ogawa?
0: Yes, uh, the premature celebration moment was, uh, was, I only saw that in retrospect, I didn't see that live, but I did see the grand final of Street Fighter Live, and it was one of the most dramatic sporting moments I've ever seen. I was, I was on the edge of my seat.
2: I, you know, I never really got into esports a lot, but there's something about the fighting games which are really easy to understand. You know, there's two, two people and they hit each other until one can't get up anymore, and that, that's really uh, dramatic. So, you, okay, you're telling me there's an eSport that doesn't involve
5: a bunch of cars and a giant ball and two goals? Because I don't know what you're talking about otherwise. That game's great.
2: It is great. I wanted to talk about it afterwards, but we can, we can talk about it now. Um, do you know that Rocket League, which if anyone listen, hearing my voice right now has not tried Rocket League and you have a PS4 or uh, a, a PC, you should go and at least try it. Like uh, It's a game, for those who don't know, you play soccer, or, you know, soccer, right? Or football. Um, thank you. The, the, the English chap- chapter is complaining. Um, and except you have, you're playing it with uh, rocket-boosted cars. And I'm, not, I'm really struggling to think what could be cooler. And the, the weird thing is, that game is idiotic, but it really works and it's super fun. And they just reached uh, five, 5 million downloads, uh, I do wonder, though, they have DLC, and uh, the DLC, by the way, is called uh, Rocket League Supersonic Fury, which, you know, it has Fury in the name, which is, reminds me of Mad Max already. That's kind of awesome. But, um, and they're going to have a spectator mode and uh, a bunch of stuff. Do you guys think it could become a, a legitimate eSport? Would you watch oh, Rocket yeah. League matches? Yeah, so uh, who
5: picked them up? Ah, uh, oh, crap. One of the big leagues. MDL or somebody. ESL. Is that, that it? it ESL? I ESL? Think it's ESL picked it up already. So they've got UK and American leagues now. So we're going to start seeing some games. Yeah, that's true. But that game, I think it has serious legs. And I've done enough watching other people's matches on YouTube and also, uh, you know, uh, Twitch and stuff. I've come to the conclusion that absolutely I would watch it in a competitive way and pay attention to players and see what's what.
2: So, I guess get into Rocket League now uh, if you want to be uh, competitive.
4: I mean, so it's got everything that eSport needs. it's simple, you can, you've got no barrier to entry. Everyone that jumps into the game um, everyone that jumps into the game has the ability to within seconds of checking it, knows what's going on. If you understand how football works, you, you understand Rocket League.
1: God I'm, I'm curious, are you going to keep watching it when Bill Belichick shows up and finds a way to cheat and win all the games?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, uh, it's interesting, soccer itself doesn't catch on as a spectator sport in America. Will electronic car uh, soccer catch point. on a as theory. a spectator well, sport? A I
2: sport. thought women women's soccer was getting pretty popular in the U.S. So, so maybe, maybe the ultimate version of this would be female cars playing uh, in Rocket League. If you have, you know... Yeah but so talking about esports
3: we, can, we can't just i mean i think the representation of cars in rocket league is really it's really atypical of the games industry at the moment i mean they're all sleek and sexy sports cars you don't see you know where's exactly where are your family wagons where are your, you know your old cars exactly i think it's i think it's disgusting that there's this unrealistic partic- you know depiction of cars that you just you know there's there's kids out there that are playing rocket league and that's that's all they get that's what they see i think it's you know shameful
2: i agree thank you thank you to, sir for that comment uh, but you know talking about talking about esports and and fighting games uh so i'm guessing you guys usually don't don't play fighting games anymore i'm curious though how many of you used to play back in the street fighter 2 days Oh yeah,
0: that was, that was yeah.
2: one of my favorite games growing up i, I
0: used to I used to go to the arcade and play Street Fighter 2, and then the, the day it came out on Super NES, and it was almost arcade quality It was the most amazing thing. But I'm very excited for Street Fighter Five. I, I played a lot of Street Fighter Four as well. I mean, I'm not nearly as competitive as I once was and as a child, but uh, Street Fighter V as a service, as, uh, you know, you don't have to pay for DLC. You can buy it with in-game cash. You can earn... Making it have that kind of currency, if there's, like, daily quests like we find in Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm... That kind of crack, I could, I could see myself getting way back into the, the genre.
2: So that's actually what I, uh, what I was going for. Um, I, I wrote an article a few days ago about exactly that. Like, imagine Street Fighter Five. For those who don't know, it's, it's going to be a game as a service. So you're going to buy the first, uh, the first disc, and then um, you're going to have every gameplay update is going to be available for free. There's not going to be like Super and Ultra and Arcade and whatever. Uh, you're only going to have. Uh, downloadable content, uh, so characters and cosmetic... Co- <laughs> now I'm self-conscious about my pronunciation. Um, so stuff that doesn't involve gameplay. Um, and you're going to be able to purchase most of them through an in-game currency system. And when you get to that, imagine if you could have daily and, and weekly quests and stuff like that. Because I think the one uh, area where Street Fighter 4 is a little bit lacking is the fact that you don't have incentive to come back and keep playing. Uh, of course, you know, you the incentive of actually enjoying the game could be one, but, you know, we, we don't really play for that reason. Um, but having a, a fighting game with daily quests and stuff like that, would you not get back into this? Or into this period? So
4: I know that Mortal Kombat X does that already. You have the, You have the daily tower, weekly tower, and the monthly tower. And I think while they still have paid DLC, people... Enjoy, been enjoying that, that um, the crypt stuff with the, with the currency. And I do think that games as a service is something we're going to be seeing a lot more of. I mean, The Witcher 3 nailed it with the free DLC that was coming out. Um, Rock Band having having the uh, DLC coming out freely is going to be really good. Every games as a service is something that I'm really excited to see coming from the industry a lot more.
2: But, so, the thing with Mortal Kombat, it's, it's not really, like, it's in-game currency, but you don't, you can't purchase characters or anything like that, like, it doesn't allow, but in Street Fighter, if you could play a little bit more and get that feeling of satisfaction of actually completing a quest, I think it could work really well. Yeah. Apparently, well, okay, I'm not alone. All right, that could work. Scott? What? Uh, Street Fighter Five Daily Quests, are you in? Uh, yeah, I'm
5: actually really into it. I mean, all this beta crap has disappointed me. Um, not because there's trouble with uh, you know, trying to deal with load and trying to figure out how to stress test their servers and everything else, but because they've been really weird about not being upfront about it and letting people know what the heck is wrong. So I'm, I'm kind of down a few notches on the whole thing because of that. I thought, yeah, beta, this is a chance for them to really get it right at launch, They're following you know, the kind of trend you want them to follow, and then nobody could play for all weekend. But I'm excited about that game, maybe more than I was even for four. I think enough time has gone for me to want to play more. So, yeah,
2: bring it. I'm ready. Um, yeah, so the beta, uh, obviously it went horribly wrong, but uh, they will be restarting it, and everyone who was into the beta at this stage is going to have a chance to play the beta later, and they're going to have three uh, uh, betas, and this one doesn't count for the three count.
3: But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beta, isn't it? So how, how, well should a, how, how well should a test to see how well things work? How, sh- how well does it have to go for it to go gone well?
2: Well, I guess uh, it didn't go well, and they, it's better that they, they uh, realize this now than, you know, at launch.
3: But I don't you think it's interesting that uh, for a term that used to be about testing games and sharing games and seeing, you know, do they work, how, how do we test them with scale and load and stuff, now exactly they're, they're demos. And so when they come out and they don't work, we're like, oh, what the hell's going on? You know, get your act together. It's, a, it's an early test.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. A lot of people were angry about this. But I think there is one element that I can kind of understand. It's that it was an incentive for pre-purchasing. So there it was a little bit, you know, kind of... It, it, people were expecting for it to work and when it didn't, they were pissed off. But again, it is a beta. I,
3: I think this is for you in your previous profession. It's, it's people like yourself the, at fault. It's the marketeers out there that are using these important game testing functions... To shift more copies, so I think you should shoulder some of the
2: blame there. Well, I am very happy to, on behalf of my entire former profession, to say that no, but I, I mean, Capcom did, but no, but no, they did handle it, you know, as well as they could, given the complete horror that that beta was, and uh, you know, they're going to be also giving away um some in-game thing to thank the people who are actually participating and frustrated in the beta so that's i don't think you can ask for much more than that if you were in the beta you couldn't play you're going to get something in game it's going to be fun and that's it
4: so what i want to know is as someone that doesn't play many fighting games is street fighter 4 my entry to from in your opinion
2: um, so Street Fighter V, they had a panel at EVO, and they actually mentioned uh, specifically the fact that they want Street Fighter V to be more accessible. So they want it to be a game that uh, people who maybe used to play back, you know, in the 90s can get back into. And it doesn't have to be like this super precise one frame hit that you have to do in order for it to work. Um, they, they are really going for the very familiar for us, uh, easy to learn, hard to manage. So I think it could be interesting for, for some people. Um, it's it's easier to get into. I, hopefully, we'll see when it comes out. Um, the next big thing is that um, ESL implementing uh, anti-doping policy. Um, so I, I'm not sure what to think about this. It's just, you know, it should happen, Um but on the other hand there's a lot of, of people saying well if you're act if you actually have uh, ADHD and you have to take what is it Adderall uh, then are you considered but you know they're going to figure this out but it's it's the, the yes you know esports industry growing up right we we're so big now that we do need uh, for we do need uh, for uh, people to be checked
4: The thing about Adderall and ADHD is that playing with ADHD means disadvantage you,
2: and so you take
4: Adderall to put yourself up to the norm. If you don't have ADHD, you don't need to take Adderall to, to deal with that, and it gives you an unfair advantage. The excuse of saying, oh, what if I have ADHD, I need to take Adderall, isn't really an excuse because it puts you up to that level of competitiveness.
2: However, I'm, I'm hearing that people, it's, it's an easy drug to get. Like, you can you can get go to the doctor and say, like, oh, I, I'm feeling very ADHD at the moment, and they're going to give it to you. And so how, I mean... It it is not going to be easy, but the alternative, which is to not have anyone tested for anything, is kind of silly. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the industry is growing up.
3: Can we come up with a list of drugs that we think would be okay to take? That we you know that probably aren't going to help you that much. Like I'm just trying to think offhand. I think like meth, for example. I think if you if you want to just do some meth beforehand, exactly. Exactly. I mean that. That's, you know, proper crazy eyes on your opponent. Just playing mind games, I think would be great. Coke should definitely be banned because you'd just be too quick, too good. Yeah, exactly. But Acid, I think, would be good. I think, you know, that's especially, and you could say, like, if you're colorblind, maybe you want to see more colors, so that could work.
1: But what if you're playing, you know, Harmonix's Fantasia game
3: on Acid? That might give you an unfair advantage. We're not I, I think so I just think, as a, we should form some form of think tank to just kind of you know give people guidance on you know safe drugs to take for competitive gaming, um, and I think that you know we can come up with a cool acronym that says something like you know smack or something like that and uh and that would be great. We'll get on board with it. What will help me with hearthstone I don't know would the would the ADHD drug help me play better? I mean it's not about reflexes, is
5: it so oh so no, so there you go, still going to suck shit
2: so you're okay with your
5: ADHD drug. So there's two schools of thinking on doping in sports and in this. Either everyone has access to the same stuff, and now you're on the same playing field again and nothing's illegal, and so you're all competing on that level, or you outlaw it and do it the other way, and then people get around it, and then they get ahead of it, and then they can't test for it, but now we can test for it, but they're already three months ahead on another thing you can't test for, and, you know, they're all injecting vampire blood or whatever they do. (laughs) So I... I, I, I wishwash on this. I don't know which way I would go. There's days I think that we should just say, fine, get all the Adderall you want. Don't use it if you're not going to. I mean, I don't love that idea. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's actually
2: the most moral choice. No, but I, th- I think the problem is if, if you say, well, okay, just you know, go nuts, then people are going to start actually going nuts. Like you know, if Terpser was allowed to you know, do drugs all the time, he would be even worse than he is now. But think how good it would be to watch, though.
3: Like, as a, as, a, as a spectator sport, just seeing a load of professional gamers off their tits. Like, I honestly, I, I, would, I, would, I just think the ratings would be huge. And I think with professional sports across the board, they should allow Herculean supermen running around doped up to their eyeballs uh, because I want to watch that. Exactly. It's like, it'd be like a Zack Snyder film, just every time someone plays like Tetris. It'd be amazing.
4: So, I mean, ADHD is just something that you have to be diagnosed with, isn't it? It's something you go to see therapists. Be You can be told that you, you should take Adderall. Why don't they just tell people to sign for it?
2: I, I think that's the idea. But the thing is, isn't like uh pot something that you have to be, di- you, know, you have to have like cancer or something like in those states. And, you know, my back really hurts. And uh, I think I would, yeah. And
1: when, when I was growing up through grade school and high school, you know, Everyone and their mother is being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. Everyone was on Ritalin. Everyone was on Adderall, and I'm sure more than half of the kids didn't actually have it, didn't actually need it. So, what are we going to do in, as far as the world of esports is concerned? We're going to start drug testing because if, if you're going to ban it, you have to drug test. If you're going to allow it for people with ADHD, you're going to have to have people diagnosed with it have
2: that well, it recorded somewhere. No, but I think it's that's the thing. If you are, if you actually are diagnosed with ADHD, then you're. It's okay to have. Maybe it's hard to. It's maybe it's not hard to fake. But the thing is, again, the alternative is your Terpster's like crazy. All drugs are okay. League, which I think we should also have, but maybe another one. Um, any final thoughts, Jeff? Or not?
0: Uh, I mean,
2: the part of the story that 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 pisses
0: me off is. is reason it happened is this jackass who was like, yeah, we're all on e- on Adderall. Everybody, everybody. Yeah, Counter-Strike tournament, right. He's like, oh, yeah, we all did it. I don't even care, man. Whatever it takes to win.
2: Dumbass. Yeah, I guess that that is. It, it was really frustrating. It's Yeah. <laughs> I guess, as Garrett was saying, it's officially real sports. Um, all right, a bunch of uh, quick additional ty- uh, little things. Come again, Terp, sir.
3: Everyone could do ease, you know, eSports. And so if you're on Ecstasy and then competitive, I mean, boring. that would be. That <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? He's still
0: walking into the wall. Oh, uh, game's done quick. <laughs> it's not that quick anymore.
2: <laughs> all right, a game I'm sure you are all eagerly awaiting has been released, uh, I think, today. Do you know what what super um, anticipated game was released today? Anyone? It? Which one? Is the word super in it? Is the word super in it? No. no. It is. It is a game that has. Well, it's okay. No one cares. It's Angry Birds Two, and you know, I I really think it's interesting that it came out and like literally no one cares because it was the biggest thing in mobile gaming a few a few years ago, and uh, now it's just it's just. They completely, Rovio completely. Uh, uh, I wouldn't even say mess it mess it up, but what I would say it, is, it kind of seems to confirm this idea that those huge mobile games take off really not because the the studio or the developer um, behind it has some sort of mastery of game design on mobile, but it's just for b- between you know marketing word of mouth, and we don't really know why. And uh, so, this one again, Angry Birds uh, should have been something big, and I mean the second one, and it's just not.
3: Well, I don't think you've got to give it time. Equally, Angry Birds, you know, Rovio said they were literally throwing mud at the wall, and it was just seeing what stuck. And I think it was their like 16th game that they released. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a billion dollar property or more. And, you know, whilst it's Angry Birds 2, I've played like six Angry Birds games already. I think really, I'm. I think it's just that lethargic. I'm just tired of the brand. I think. I don't. I don't. I don't. Exactly. It's it's Call of Duty. Exactly. It's just done again and again and again.
1: I was just saying, it's the same thing that happens with AAA titles. You know, we're just this year getting Rock Band and Guitar Hero coming back after a multiple year hiatus because both Harmonix and uh, what was it? EA took Guitar Hero. Activision. Activision took Guitar Hero and ran it into the ground. They just oversaturated the market. You could add as many keyboards as you wanted. No one gave a crap anymore.
4: My question is, why didn't they save Angry Birds 2 for the Angry Birds movie, which is coming out next year? I mean, surely that would have been a much
2: better time to release the game. Uh, I think they ran out of uh, money. They... They... Angry Birds, the movie, the game will be coming out then. (laughs) Very possible, yeah. But, you know, it's a company that works on on marketing and licensing and all of this. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, I think mobile games are very often overrated. Uh, Those big successes, it's just one other uh, indication that they're not games that are uh, successful because they're good. It's games that are successful because they're in the right place at the right time. That's my interpretation, but... um, uh, so you guys, did did you see the news about uh, Fallout 4 and the ways you can name your character? Um, name, name. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can name them as well. But uh, basically, you know, you have your little robot that talks to you, uh, and it they actually say the name of your character. And they went out and recorded um, like a thousand of the most most popular names, including Fuckface. Including fuckface. Right. So you can actually call your character... I, this is a family spot. I don't know if I'm going to say it too loud, but yeah. Um, so I'm guessing I know how Terpster is going to call his character in, uh, in Fallout 4.
3: I was going to name it Patrick, obviously. I always like uh, to role-play as you know, someone I'd, I'd want to experience and live through. And I think especially in a post-apocalyptic world, the most resilient characters are the cockroaches and their human counterpart, the French. So... Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, Fallout 4. You know, I want to play Minecraft in Fallout and just see how that works. And then, yeah, I mean, obviously, having, having a rude word as a, as a name is, is funny for the first, you know, 20 minutes. And then, you know, like I said, it's going to be much better just knowing it's Patrick Pejal that I'm playing with all, all night long.
2: I'm looking forward to uh, imagining that. Um, Blizzard, talking about mobile games, Blizzard announced uh, the Grand Tournament for Hearthstone, the next expansion, and we have some some angry chicken here. Uh, so super fun. excited. Can
5: you explain the grand tournament? Just old ladies? What's the deal? Grand. The, the grand tournament. Get, the it. get it? Get it? The, grand,
2: the grand, grand to your old grand? All right. There we go. Yeah, I think that deserves a round of applause. Another one. <laughs> applause. Kisses.
0: <laughs> Pinch the cheek. Give you a dollar.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> so what do you think about that uh grand
1: tournament oh well clearly as the host of hearthstone podcast i'm very unexcited um it's i don't think it's gonna really change the game all that much of course i'm excited why are you asking me this question jocelyn i have nothing to say <laughs> you're you're worse than the french you're
2: you're <laughs> you're surrendering to a question so basically what that means is uh, this is the kind of thing you can expect on the Angry Chicken. Uh, so please tune in if you want to find out more about Hearthstone. Uh, by the way, I'm uh, I'm going to be on the Angry Chicken uh, panel that we're going to do uh, in a couple of days at Nerdtacular. So uh, hopefully it will be that level of quality. Uh, no, actually, I do have a question. Uh, inspire is the new keyword that they're going to be adding. It's... Uh, uh, thing a property for cards that activates something when you use your hero power and we've been talking about this with terp sir and he's insisting that this is the most useless keyword that one could ever design in an entire game i'm wondering if the experts uh, have an opinion but i think terp sir is okay all
3: right no no what i what i was saying is that uh, at the moment you know we haven't seen all the cards but inspire basically means to get the true value you need to spend two mana more um there, there are going to be cards that augment that there's going to be cards that you know make the hero power a bit better um and i'm sure it will work but it's going to be a slower playstyle, and i just don't know quite how that's going to affect the game as a whole i think uh, i was saying earlier that i think one of the issues with starcraft II, with heart the swarm is they slowed the gameplay down and that made it less exciting to watch it, the, the, the aggro is a, is a needed component of esport games and i think as long as we don't you know lose the cancer that is face hunter um then i think we're i think we're good but uh f- i don't know we'll see i'm excited about it you know it was nice to see the argent tournament basically the story is the argent tournament all went really well uh we you know, we killed the lich king and they had this empty tournament ground that they thought you know what let's just have a, a continued party and i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun fun expansion
1: uh all very good points um uh- as, as far, no. no, 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 no. Actually, I agree with a lot of what you said with the exception that slowing Hearthstone down is a bad thing because right now if you watch a pro Hearthstone tournament, if you've been watching it for the last three months, you've been seeing the same thing for the last three months. You haven't seen anything change. No, 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 no. no.
3: So, yeah, when well, that's fine. I was just saying about, you know, tournaments tend to be a little bit slower on the whole with more control decks than you see in ladder play. Um... But like I said, I, I don't know. It will, it will. You know, we just have
1: to see. Personally, I'm I'm really hoping it slows things down because right now, as far as control decks are concerned, we really only have handlock, control warriors floating around. But patron warrior is so good that's all people are playing. And other than that, yeah, mid range, zulak. It's all still out there. It's been aggro for a very long time. I. It's it's time to have different archetypes. And I want it to slow down, so I'm excited about Inspire.
2: Alright, last piece of news for this short episode is the announcement that we are going to have an announcement. Um, Next week at Gamescom, the new World of Warcraft expansion is going to be unveiled uh, on uh, August 6th. And I want to ask Scott Johnson, creator and host of The Instance, what he thinks uh, this expansion is going to be.
5: I want to make it known that I predicted that Gamescom was the place they were going to do it. Some may have agreed. You may have agreed. But I think that was my original idea. But my prediction is the game gets released at BlizzCon. I still think that's true. I think this is their new, got to get stuff out quicker. There's a reason there was a weird lull in Warlords and everybody was disappointed. It's because that 200-man team was busy working on the next way they build this game.
0: I've heard it. I've heard it is feature complete already.
5: That's what I've heard. Now, who I heard that from may or may not be reputable. How was how reputable was your source? I'm not. I can either confirm nor deny. All right. All right. Jeff was Jeff was my source. No, but <laughs> um, I think I have I have zero predictions on setting, placement, character, story. I have no idea that part. I'm completely out in the dark on. But I, all I'm saying is tomorrow, when Chris Metzen is here, and Russell Brower are on stage. We should, poke, we should poke at him. We should poke at him. I'm not saying we'll get answers. I'm just saying. The mic's... Do, you
0: think a more frequent,
5: do you think a more frequent expansion schedule is good for the game? I think it's, I think it's good for what players think they want from the game. I think players want quick, fast content. They feel like they got slow, tempered content this last expansion and even the expansion before that. And I think they think they want it. And I think Blizzard thinks that it might be a good idea at this stage of the game to have stuff happen quicker, they've always said they wanted to anyway, so now's their chance. I'm telling you, man, BlizzCon, the game's out. I'm
3: sure James, you'll feel the same. But uh, we were talking before, you know, previously with the expansion, you paid sixty bucks and you got three, four, five, ten raid tiers depending on you know where you are. Now we're looking at Warlords uh, shipped, and we had one raid tier past what it shipped with. Um, how do you think? How do you feel as a, as a consumer spending that same amount of money and getting less content, albeit uh, more frequent updates with new settings? You're having to spend sixty dollars more often, but getting less for your sixty.
5: I would say it will end up being less, and I think that goes—if the theory's right and they want to do this quicker turnaround—we're going to talk about like twenty-nine bucks for an expansion, or maybe even less, and that it will be every—if if they can every six months. It keeps people on the
2: hook. It keeps. Okay, people okay on the hook. wait, wait, wait a second. You're saying we're going to get an expansion every six no, 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 months?
5: No. An, sorry, an announcement of new content every six months, a release of that content six months later. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. So, Gamescom announcement, BlizzCon release. Gamescom announcement, BlizzCon release. That kind of schedule. I could be dead wrong, but I just feel like there's a reason that we had that weird, quiet, nobody's talking lull. The Warcraft devs just went pff, silent, and everybody was pissed all the time, and it didn't matter. And I think that was them doing something else. And I think this is what they're doing.
2: All right. Uh, oh, Thurpser wants to say something else. I
5: just, I just want to ask Scott. Scott,
3: so you're, you're telling me that Blizzard, okay, the company renowned for charging us more for a thing than any other company could charge us for, is going gonna, is gonna to sell the expansion for less than they have previously?
5: Yes. I think they'll sell it. I think they'll sell it for less. It'll be less content, though. So they'll sell us smaller bits of content for less money more frequently. Still be a subscription,
1: but if if this is the end, if we don't get any more content for Warlords, we just paid ten more dollars for the least amount of content in the history of the expansion cycle of the game. So your your logic, I, I hope you're right, but your logic
2: confuses me. <laughs> well, I think Scott lo- Scott's logic confuses everyone, yeah, true, but, but um, right so <laughs> I don't know that you've been right more than you've been wrong. I think that. You point out when you're right more than you point out when you're wrong. but It's two different things. Um, Jeff, are you still playing WoW? You used to be super big into WoW, but... uh... You know what happens is I get super big into WoW every time
0: a new expansion comes out. And then I play that expansion. I get to the first set of raids. I progress a little bit, and then my attention wanes. And uh, so... Another expansion announcement is going to get me excited about WoW again. It's going to get me back in. And if those expansions start coming more frequently, it's probably going to be effective for me and the kind of gamer I am. However, I will say, every time an expansion comes out, all that raid gear that's super hard to get gets immediately outdated by greens that you get in the first few quests of the new expansion, right? So does that create a, a situation where the raid gear itself is undervalued? Is... Is because if if you're always looking at six months later or a year later, there's going to be a new expansion.
5: Does it make rating? Does it cheapen rating? Well, I think it. Okay. This assumes. Hold on. This assumes. Sorry, host man. I took your mic. <laughs> this assumes that this content means 110, 120, 130 levels. Like we're going to keep doing the same thing. I'll go back to another prediction I made. That. We're getting to a point where the content that will come out won't necessarily be, here's another 10 levels of content. Here's a bunch of new quests. Here's a, here's some greens that now beat your raid content, the stuff you just did. It may just be a big swath of stuff that maybe used to be patches. Maybe it's a little more solid than that, but it's stuff that just takes your 100 to better gear. So your 100, better gear, better tier, whatever. I, I'm not convinced they're going to try to go to a million with their freaking levels.
2: Well, I do think you need uh, a new level cap for an expansion, but... The the, the the thing with the raid gear has happened every you know new raid tier for the past 10 years. So I'm not sure. I think it's a big deal that for a few people. That stuff's hard to get. Well, with with LFR, it's not that hard to get anymore.
0: Well, what i is buying a new expansion and walking and doing the first quest in the new area gets you a green that's better than the stuff you worked hard for. Even if working hard was only getting an LFR, that's still... I think that's still a, a, a cheapening of of the gear if it works out that way. Now, what Scott's talking about is a really interesting
2: idea in the sense. No, of- it's, don't encourage him. <laughs> You make make a strong point about not encouraging him. (laughs) No, but so, I mean, I do do think that it will uh, piss off a few people who were already kind of ticked off by the fact that a new expansion would render their old gear uh, uh, crappy, but I think the people who go chase the best gear also go chase it for the challenge, and the gear is sort of you know, a, a nice badge that they get. And once they've done it, they've done it. It's not like it's being taken away from them. However, I do believe that the most important thing that anyone said around this table about this new uh, expansion cycle is you, Jeff. Uh, uh, hey, <laughs> no, but it's... I mean, for people who are uh, part of those, you know, 12 however many million people who have played the game in the past... They might be interested in a new expansion, and they might come back and play for uh, two, three, four months, and then leave. And that's why they're going to be doing, uh, hopefully, more expansions with smaller amounts of content, but more frequently. The idea is to make those people come back for a couple of months, shell out that you 40, 50 bucks, and the... three months worth of of subscription and that's what they're after as they should because people are not interested in playing the game all the time every day for two years in a row
4: while i can see them doing that i I, it doesn't sit well with me at all because aren't isn't that what our subscription is supposed to pay for surely that's paying for patches right i don't want to spend 30 dollars for a a content increase like we got in what was it the tanan jungle patch that's that's what we're paying a subscription for 30 dollars on top of that feels like we're not really going to be getting it
3: I think that I think the an expansion's normally you know a new continent uh, you know a completely new nemesis and story uh, new progression wow it's all about progression you know you level up, you get gear, you level up everything it 's all about filling up bars um, they just give us more bars to fill up more reps, more everything uh, and just keep us keep us entertained the, the the biggest problem with World of Warcraft is burnout from either doing the same like, garrison stuff every single day. Uh, And I think this gives them an opportunity to say, okay, new expansion, yeah, we're not having a garrison because that doesn't actually sit well for the game that we tried to make.
2: So, yeah, I completely agree with this. It's a chance to refresh the game a little bit. It's a reset button, kind of. What we're paying for with our subscription is content, of course, but we tend to forget with all of those those free games, it's also for the servers. The infrastructure is much more, you know, onerous, expensive than it is for many other games. But yeah, I agree. It it is a little bit annoying. I do think that since uh, people are, you know, expecting lots of content for their subscription, but they're not staying for the long run, people are going to be happier paying for an expansion and two or three months and then leaving because the the content is going to be one or two patches for the super hardcore anyway and, and the more casual player, which the, the, the entire player base has become a little bit more casual, as we were saying, they're not playing, you know, every day for two, three, four years in a row. Um, so it, the, the, the model of uh, smaller, more frequent expansion works better with the current way people enjoy MMOs or at least World of Warcraft. Um, all right. I think that is the last piece of content i wanted to discuss that is going to be it for this as i was saying slightly shorter episode i'd like to thank everyone for being on the show and basically scott and jeff burning under the utah sun uh with me (laughs) it's getting a little bit painful so before we uh we turn into vampires in the sun we're gonna close the show thanks everyone for being here and uh people on the feed we're gonna talk to you oh we actually, if you want to hear us repeat everything we just said about WoW, you can listen to the instance we're, which we're going to be recording um, tomorrow. Um, but we're going to have uh, Chris Metzen and uh, um, Russell Brower and Randy Jordan, Randy Deluxe on that show. Uh, and yeah, and the usual hosts except for, except for Dills, uh, who will be with us in spirit. Um, Yeah, so that's going to be recorded tomorrow. You'll find it on the the Instance feed. And uh, you'll find the next episode of uh, Pixels in a couple of weeks. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Thanks to the wonderful audience. And talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye. (laughs)